0: Alright, good evening everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife Sherry. We're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And we are still in chapter 1. We're towards the end. uh, Under the section heading, How Long? The title of this chapter is It Begins on the Inside. So we're talking a lot about um, being in the Word of God and having a relationship with God. We'll, We'll get into that in just a moment all of our bible studies so you know up to this point uh for this bible study as well as others are on our website at lighthouse org, as well as on our youtube channel lighthouse discipleship center and uh also on our website lighthouse org. you can also donate and support our ministry and we thank you for those who, who do uh, do that so we can bring these teachings to you anyway uh, like I said, we're continuing our Bible saying, Everlast Change. When chapter one, titled, It Begins on the Inside. And if you have a book or if you're following with us, you can be on page seven where I talk about how long, and that's a section heading. I know we're picking up mid thought in the middle, middle, middle of the chapter, but we're talking about it begins on the inside. You know, um, the Word of God is a seed. And we are born again, the Bible says, First Peter one twenty three. we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. The Word of God is a seed. A seed starts growing from the inside. You know, I always like comparing, and you probably hear me a lot making this illustration in this uh, book, <laughs> but I always compare a Christmas tree with a fruit tree. Now don't get me wrong, I love Christmas trees. At Christmas time. <laughs> but at the same point in time, I love Christmas trees, and but anyway, for illustration purposes, uh, Christmas tree is adorned with things <coughs> with ornaments and, and items, lights and whatnot that are not its nature. A lot of times you can get a fake Christmas tree. you can also get a fake fruit tree too, but at the same point in time, you know it's fake. It's, it's, it's adorned with uh, items that are not its nature. They didn't grow from the inside. they were put on the outside. And in a the sense, there's a facade about it. And that's not why we decorate the trees. We do it for decoration decoration purposes. But a fruit tree will grow fruit from the inside. You know, you're not going to see an evergreen tree in the forest growing lights or ornaments or popcorn or other, or, um, uh, uh, what's that other fuzzy stuff? Um, the flocking? That, well, that flocking, too, you're going to see real snow. But, uh, uh, not tassel, but, uh.
1: The garland?
0: Uh, tinsel. The, oh, tinsel. Uh, I think tinsel is the right word. Yeah. Garland. Garland, uh, you know. Anyway, the point is, we will uh, see it adorned with things that are not as nature. Now, it begins with the inside. You know, the bio, You know, I believe right living begins with right thinking. As the man thinketh, so is he. And how are we thinking? Are we thinking who we are in the flesh? Or are we thinking who we are in our born-again nature? Uh, because our born-again nature is not flesh. You know, and so uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, I think it's verse 16, we know no man after the flesh, even Christ. We don't know no man after the flesh. You know, we are born again. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. You know, we are the righteousness of God in him. And most of us don't have that worldview. Most of us don't have that perception. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, that to be naturally minded is death. <clears throat> Excuse me. Be spiritually minded is is life and peace. Are you naturally minded? Are you uh, spiritually minded? You know it's hard in this world because we live in a natural world. Uh, we work in a natural world. We do commerce in the natural word, world. We we live in a natural world from everything from brushing our teeth to uh, working a, a secular job, a worldly, natural job. You know, and sometimes when you're in the world all day long, all week long, it's hard not to think naturally. You know, in some ways, we do want you to think naturally. When you're driving that car, we want you to think very naturally. You know, uh, there's certain things that we do want you to think naturally. But at the same point in time, our most dominant thought, our most dominant world view, are we looking at life through the lens of a natural mind? through a spiritual mind because the natural to mean, naturally minded is death it doesn't just lead to death the Bible says it is death and most of us don't think inside in that realm but that's 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 why it says that the title of the section is it begins on the inside we need to get God's word on the inside so it can grow it can just it and grow and germinate and 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 whatnot. So we're in the middle of this chapter, so we're mid-thought. We're talking about it begins on the inside, and how we think, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's, I think, Proverbs 23, verse 7. I might have the reference wrong, uh, but uh, that's the reference of that that verse and that saying. Um, And so, yeah, Proverbs 23, 7. So the richest man, the wisest man that ever lived outside Christ said that, that, as a man thinketh, so is he. And so, Anyway, so we're going to continue that on that thought. So again, we're under the section heading, How Long? We're in Chapter 1. We should be able to finish Chapter 1 tonight. We only have a couple pages left in Chapter 1. But uh, So again, Everless Change, Andrew Wilmack under Chapter 1. It begins on the inside under the section heading, heading How Long? On page 7. So. Um,
1: you know, to, to piggyback on something Dave said, um, th- this uh, occurred to me, you know, it, it really a lot of what we think about ourselves really defines who we are and we have run into people who have bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happened to them and that's what they think that's what they think their life is going to be that's what they're expecting that's what happens but we've also known people who've had such a a horrid life but because they've turned it over to Jesus and realized who they are in him that they're victors they are victors in every avenue every aspect of their life and to talk with them you would never know that they had a testimony you just thought that they lived a life of ease and prosperity and blessing um, when in fact the only way they are where they are today is because their thought life has been, you know what, this was me, but God. And it reminded me of the parable of uh, the prodigal son, because on one hand you have the prodigal son who wanted to do his own thing, and when he came to the end of himself, all he thought of himself was he wasn't even worth anything, he wasn't worth, worthy enough to even be a slave in his father's house. And then you have his brother who thought I've never done anything wrong I've never sinned I've been here all my life obeying my father and yet my father's celebrating my brother that did all this both were thinking wrong the father he had the, th- the right thoughts his thoughts were one son has always been with me I love him the other son, I thought I lost, but I always love him. the The father had the right thinking. the The two sons needed to change what they were thinking. Um, but let's get into uh, and hear what Andrew has to say. The Bible relates the story of when the city of Samaria was surrounded and besieged by the Assyrian army. See Second Kings six twenty four through seven twenty. The Samaritans were starving to the extent that they were eating their own children. Animal dung, being sold as food, was commanding a high price. This city was suffering terribly from the siege, drought, and famine. The people were just about to be completely destroyed, yet they couldn't do anything about it because the Syrians had Samaria completely surrounded. Four lepers sat at the gate of Samaria. As they talked to each other, they said, how long are we going to sit here until we die if we stay here we'll die if we go into the city the famine will destroy us let's go out to the syrians if they kill us we're just going to die here anyway we don't have anything to lose perhaps they'll show us mercy second kings seven three and four so these four lepers got up and went into the syrian camp it turned out that the lord had already been there he had caused the syrians to hear a noise They thought that the Israelites had hired another nation against them, so they had fled in terror, leaving behind all their food, animals, tents, provisions, gold, and silver. The Syrians had fled for their lives and left everything behind. These four lepers, who were facing starvation just a few minutes before, experienced a tremendous personal deliverance. They went out to the camp and discovered food that was still warm they began to eat their fill. They found clothes, gold and silver. After finding all these things, eventually they were the ones who brought the the good news back to the city of Samaria. They became the heroes who actually proclaimed deliverance to the entire area. All this happened because four lepers shunned by their city, sitting out at the gates, starving to death, finally made a decision. Even though their outlook seemed terrible, they declared, we've got to do something. We're going to die if we stay where we are. We must head in some direction. So they considered their options. Even though this option to go to the enemy camp didn't look real good, it was better than sitting still and dying. And because they did something different, they experienced tremendous deliverance. Go and keep reading. Right now, you may be dying like the four lepers. If not physically, then perhaps emotionally. You know you're dying. Your marriage is falling apart. Things aren't going right. You're keenly aware that something is wrong. You know there's more, yet you are fearful to take any steps because you're afraid you might fail. If you would just look at things properly, you'd realize that you're failing now. Even if you had a guaranteed income, live in in a relatively nice house, and your circumstances are going well, if you aren't satisfied and fulfilled in your heart then you're dying on the inside and change is necessary. If you don't wake up in the morning and feel like, praise God, another opportunity to do what the Lord has called me to do and make a difference in this world, then whether you realize it or not, change is needed. If you want different results, then you're going to have to do something differently. To keep doing the same thing over and over again while praying for different results is insane. If you want different results, do something differently. True change begins on the inside. You can sit there and pray for God to just supernaturally do something. Many people are praying to win the lottery or have their circumstances change on some other roll of the dice. If that's what you're believing for, you aren't following God. That's not the way he's going to meet your need. The odds of that happening are millions to one. Nobody's going to walk into your office out of the blue, ask you to become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That's not how life works. Change doesn't happen that way. If you want change on the outside, it begins on the inside.
0: And so, uh, you know, I like this—I love this story from 2nd Kings, uh, I think it's 2nd Kings, from, from uh, these four leopards uh, of Samaria. You know, they're, they're basically gonna say, either we're gonna die here or die there, we might as well, we're already dying, let's do something versus doing nothing. You know, um, they had no guarantee that there was going to be a better outcome, but they their, their, their situation was already uh, uh, not looking so good. You know, uh, and on a different note, Sherry and I a few years ago we were we had lost everything uh, through a, a variety of circumstances, but we had been in a five years financial drought where we had lost everything, and we were staying with our grandmother. And we wanted to go to Bible College. We wanted to go to Karis Bible College. Karis Bible College is a school that Andrew has founded. And we were in a situation where we didn't have a job, we didn't have a car, we didn't even have a phone, we didn't have a home. You know, we, we, and Sherry just started working at a computer shop. She knows nothing about computers, but yet that's the job she got. So we were grateful, you know, just even having a paycheck was like gold, uh, you know, it was just it was very uh precious in that season. But Andrew, I was going to have a school in Ontario, California, in the city we were uh in the, in the community we were living. And we're like, okay, we want we we wanted to go to Karis for for a while, uh but we couldn't even, we couldn't get to Colorado, let alone we we didn't even have a way to get anywhere. <laughs> and so um but we wanted to go and we prayed about it and, and long story short, uh got put it in the hearts to go to go and and uh that's the whole story, I'm not gonna go into all that detail right now. But someone uh someone that we, we cherish highly, you know, encouraged us to kinda of get our lives together before we go to Bible college. And, I mean, in some ways, that just makes practical sense. You know, going to Bible college seems to be a little bit more of a luxury compared to your basic needs of food on the table, whatnot. And, and so from one standpoint, that makes sense. Uh, but I'm already, like, you know, God tells me to go to Bible college. I've been waiting five years from a word for God. And if God tells me to try something, I'm, I said, I'm already on the bottom. <laughs> I can't fall any further. I've been I've been camping out on the bottom for five years, and God gives me a word that this is the door I'm supposed to open. I'm gonna I'm gonna t- take a chance going in this door, even though I I could lose everything. But how can I lose everything when I already lost everything? I lost everything five years ago, and so I I you know I can't. I'm gonna, if I get a, a word, I'm gonna try it. If I fail, well I didn't lose any ground because I'm already on the bottom. That's the way I was thinking. Anyway, uh, we did so. We went to an open house uh, that they had. We had to borrow a car to get there. <coughs> I had to borrow the car anyway to take her to work. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it just uh, and then God told me to go to a toy store. Now, I mean, I'm at the time I'm in the, my 40s, and you know, I don't go to toy stores, and I don't. We didn't. We don't do it. We didn't do any shopping in those days because we didn't have any money. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to play with my mind over a toy when I don't even have money to put food on the table. Anyway, I I didn't even get my second foot in the door and I I heard my name and I got a job. I've been trying to get a job for five years. I was with 37 temp agencies. I couldn't even get an interview anywhere. It wasn't like I wasn't trying. I was trying anywhere from Taco Bell to uh, McDonald's to to anything. I was looking for work uh, for five years. And within an hour, uh, actually, I back up on the testimony. When we were at this open house, we signed up. We sent, we registered. We had a little bit of money. We were going to put that towards getting a new a new phone. We got, that just sounded logical. We needed a phone. We didn't have any phone. But we put that towards a, a, a registering for Bible college instead. That just sounded totally backwards. You know, but uh, uh God told us that to, we felt the Lord tell us to sign a full-time, not part-time, full-time, not just one, but both of us. And uh, and we took a step of faith, and uh, <coughs> within an hour of registering, I got a job. I've been trying to get a job for five years. And so, slowly but surely, uh, we got. Uh, I was able to start my bookkeeping business back up again. I got 11 clients. I didn't have any clients before, uh, and now I had 11 clients. And before showing but surely we we got out we we finally got a home, and then we got the uh you know another home. During that season, we had three or four vehicles donated to us, you no know, donated to us for free. Um, you know, just we even had one person just put the pink slip right in the offering plate and signed it right over to us, you know. And so we know some other stories I could tell. Uh, we paid our tuition. We were never late. Uh, we even helped pay some other people's tuitions. Uh, we came out, and now we're doing better than we've ever been, we've ever done been doing before. And it all started with it was kind of like these four lepers. In one sense, the story was totally different. But we're like we're already on the bottom, you know. We're gonna we get a word from God. And we're gonna trust God, and we're gonna ask Him to do that.
1: Just something funny um, on one of the car stories. You know, we're we weren't given brand new cars. Um, no, they. they each, each one had had issues. Each one maybe a little bit better than the others. The first one we were given, um, their mechanic said this car will maybe last, I think, six months or so, somewhere <coughs> there. It wasn't very long. And we spoke over that car. We said, "No, you will get us through two years of Bible college," and it got us almost to the end of two years of Bible college. Uh, so that's why I was laughing when Dave told that story, but the the main thing was you're you're trusting God in all of this. Uh, you know, when when any believer is going through something, their desire, it, even though it might be a hard situation, they, they really have nowhere to go except for God, and in in that time um that, that that first open house, the director at the time had uh, preached from Psalm 37, 4 and 5, delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to Him, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And I know Dave and I can get going on that teaching because it, it really ministered to us. Um, but... My, my point being, you know, in this effortless change, you know, these lepers that Andrew brought out uh, in, in Second Kings, they didn't have necessarily a desire like, oh, I'm going to get uh, whole and healthy again. Uh, I have a desire for a job. I have a desire for family, whatever. Their desire actually turned out, I want to live. But if I have to choose between how I'm going to die, let's get it over with. I really believe God led them to come to the end of themselves to say, "We got to do something. Whether we go here and die, or go to the enemy and get put out of our misery, or put into chains, at least put into chains uh, in bondage. Maybe they'll give us some food to survive." You know, there's all these thoughts I'm sure are going through their heads. But they made that step of faith. We got to do something. And, you know, Dave's and mine story, we, we, we took some steps of faith. You know, yet, granted, ours wasn't a do or die thing like these lepers. Uh, we didn't have anywhere to go because Dave said, we're like Dave said, we're already at the bottom of, you know, we don't have a, a lot of options here. But we knew going to Bible college was a desire from God. We both wanted to go. It was, I mean, we both wanted it more than food on the table. We just wanted more of whatever God had for us. And God helped us put, you know how horses wear blinders where they could only see forward in one direction so they don't get sidetracked by whatever else is going on? in a sense it was kind of like God put blinders on so we could only trust in him and let him lead us to where we needed to 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 go and you know it's it's a wonderful thing when you put all your trust in God um, you know that the effortless change just just happens um, yes you can trust very specifically for God to do something um but when you realize who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you—that He's the one that did it—and and that's that's just you're just banking everything on Him. Th- that's when that's when you see this this ha- change happening.
0: Yeah, you know, and then, then the the second part of this, you know knows? They just realize they got to do something, and that you know, um, God's our source. We 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 understand that. We're gonna be talking more about that throughout the study. But, you know, God, waiting on God, praying for God to do something doesn't make us passive where we're just doing nothing. There's some people, they need to get out their you and, and get get busy doing something. Even if you can't get a job, find volunteer work, do something. He says he will bless the work of your hands. And you, you get busy doing something. You I mean, uh, whatever that might be, do something versus doing nothing, you know. It's also a definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. You know, I also, uh, during that time in Bible college, it was in our second year, I believe, maybe our third year. I think it was our third year. And we had a guest speaker. It was actually one of Andrew's uh, editors. I, I don't know what her role really was, but anyway, she was a guest speaker at our, at our location. And she gave me a word at the end of uh, the the session that evening, because we were taking night classes, and she said, Dave, you're too tethered. And there was something in my spirit that received that word, but I didn't understand the word. I didn't understand what tethered was, like a tetherball or a a boat tethered to the dock. I understood the word as far as what the, 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 the analogy, but I didn't know what it meant for me. But I received it, and so I just kind of shelved it, but I I still received it. I I, I was still asking a little more for clarification what that meant. Uh, I I, I can't apply something I don't understand. We had one of our favorite classes. It was actually a CEO class. Some people don't realize, but pastors are actually CEOs of a ministry, of a church. Uh, We might not look at a church being a business, but there is a business aspect to it. And uh, it's not the glamour side of ministry, but it's a necessary side of ministry. Anyway, it was the last class. It was one of my favorite classes. And um, the, this instructor actually did a lot of his teaching on the whiteboard. He he actually wrote out a lot of his teaching, and that's how he taught. But he just finished all of his lessons, and he was at the end, so he's giving one last little exhortation to his students, including us. And this is actually a recorded video, so this wasn't something that was live, this was a recorded teaching. And he's on the whiteboard and he draws this little boat tethered to the dock. And I'm like, okay, this is the second time in one week I get the same word. And he says some of you are too tethered to the dock. You're wanting God to steer your ship, but you can't steer your ship because you're tethered to the dock. You gotta at least drift. You got to at least push away from the shore, so he can be the wind in yourselves, and he can direct the rudder of your ship. But he can't direct you if you're going nowhere. He can't lead you if you're staying put. You got to, you got to at least drift. And you know, there've been times in my life I said, Lord, I don't exactly know what to do. I'm sensing you leading the, uh, me or us in this direction. I'm wanting to follow you. And this is the best I know to what I have so far. I've been seeking you. I've been uh, 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 seeking you. And this is what I got. If I missed you, I'm going to start going in this direction. But if I missed you, please redirect my boat. Please redirect my lives. But I'm going to go somewhere versus staying put. Because I'm not just going to do nothing. I don't have any peace about staying put. and But I do have peace about going in this direction. Because I've been seeking you. And I, I'll go in that direction. And, and many times that's been spot on. I didn't always understand it, every detail about it. <coughs> There's been many times God's told me to do something that it's like that that makes no sense whatsoever. But I, I feel like God's telling me to do something. But right. at the same point in time, we have ministered to a lot of people. And, and not, some people get this, but some people they're waiting for their ship to come in, but they're not doing nothing. You know, they want to, to eat and work and do things but they're not really work. We have many people through the years ask us, How did you do it? Well, I just told you how we did it in a nutshell and I told them the same story. But they're they're looking for a formula, this or that and 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 well and they they see that we're in full time ministry or whatnot. But they don't realize that during that time I also had jobs I didn't like. And some of these people who want our testimony, they're not willing to get a job they don't like. Or they want, they want to live in a certain city. Well, maybe you can get there, but you got to start living somewhere versus off the street or living by people's handouts all the time. You need to get a job. You, you need to get work. And, and some of these people have kids with them. I go, you need to support your family. You might venture, And some of the cities they want to live in were ritzy, ritzy communities. I, I believe you can get in that ritzy community if that's your desire, but you might not start there. You might need to work yourself up a little bit. You know, I'm not saying someone can't win the lottery, but don't put your faith in that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, am not advocating the lottery. I'm just, I'm not saying there's not nothing's impossible for those who believe. But at the same point in time, you know, you need to work. You know, the Bible says you don't work, you shouldn't eat, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, we might invite different people to our home. Some might have to pay a rent or whatnot, but if someone came here for free, I'm going to put them to work. I don't know, whatever, I don't know what, even if they go pull weeds every day, they're going to do something versus nothing. Now, if they're a guest and they're paying their way or whatnot, that's not what I'm talking about. But someone who's just looking for a handout, someone who's just uh, doing nothing, I'm going to put them to work doing something. Now, our guests, we're not going to put them to work, but someone who's living for free, uh, that's a different story. And they should be working. Take, there's plenty. We can find. We can find work. There's plenty to do, uh, and there's stuff that that can be done. Uh, even if it's busy work, I think busy work versus is better than lazy. Uh, I think it's just better, you know. And I'm not looking just to, yeah, for all that. I'm t- I'm trying to make a point. Do something. Don't do. I'm not saying do things in your own strength and just throw in the towel. And, you know, these like these four lepers in one sense, but you know there was some wisdom in that. We can either die here or die there. We can either die here just waiting for the, the, the cows to come home, even though they had no cows. Or we can get up and do something. And being leopards, you know, they took a chance with that. Back in those days, they could have been killed. Uh, but they already they already, real, they already con- computed that. Sometimes we just need to do something. We need to go in a direction. And uh, uh, pray, obviously pray about it. But uh, yeah, I felt like they, they heard from God, and I felt like we heard from God, and... You know, when we made that acceptance to go to Bible college, we have never turned back. Our story keeps, our story, that verse that Sherry quoted, we have it on our mantle, you can't see it on the video, but uh, we put it up there, Sherry made a, made the frame to, to, so we could be reminded. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of. And, you know, that verse is still working. It hasn't stopped. It keeps happening. I mean, it it's just still working. It's still in effect. Because... The way we heard it, and, and, and she quoted the verse, but there's some things that we have in brackets around it. Commit you. The second verse says, "Commit you." Well, the first. Let me read it over again. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. The way I understand that is, He will give you the desires of your heart. Not only can He fulfill the desires of your heart, but He's the one that conceived those desires in your heart to begin with. I believe God conceived in our heart to go to Bible college. We had a desire. The devil didn't give us a desire to go to Bible college, you know. Our flesh, I don't believe, gave us a desire to go to Bible college. I understand some people might like that. I believe if someone, if something is leading you, giving you a desire to do something for God, I believe it's God, you know. Uh, and, but but the verse goes on. The second verse goes: <coughs> Commit your way to Him with those desires trust also in him with those desires and he not you will bring those desires to pass and that's the way we heard it Uh, some of those brackets those desires are things that we've added because that's the way we heard it that day and it says commit your way to him well in in our situation we the the thing that God gave us a desire to do was to go to Bible college so we committed our way to go to Bible college Trusting him and going to Bible college, that he knows what knows what he's doing, and he will bring it to pass. You know, and so we just trusted him. You know, I, I, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of the the, the movie Narnia, uh, Prince Caspian, where Lucy trusted Aslan, where everyone else was trusting their own. Uh, uh, own idea and she left the war to go find Aslan and she ended up being the one, they were going to lose this battle if it wasn't for Aslan if it wasn't for Lucy's faith in Aslan and here's the youngest of the the four children but she came back with uh, with with the answer that became the victory and how they won it, they won that battle supernaturally not naturally and so as she committed her way to Aslan, who was a character for God, uh, trusted Aslan. Aslan brought the desire to pass, which was victory. And so, you know, if I'm going to fail, I want to fail trusting God. But this goes back, what does it have to do with it? it starts with the inside? It starts with the way you think. These four leopards have started in the way they think. They started on the inside. You know, uh, if you keep thinking, poor me, poor me, poor me, and you're not willing to, to get up and do something, then, then you know, uh, then I, I'm kind of great, poor you. But, you know, let's do something. It start, you know, the, the, this whole idea of what's going, going about, it started with the inside. We made a decision to, to trust God to go to Bible college. I'm not saying every decision is, I think some of our decisions are a step of faith, and sometimes they're a leap of faith. But I believe if we're seeking God, if we commit away way to Him, trusting Him, He will bring the past. He said He would. And God honors His word above His name. And so we can trust God. If I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail trusting God. You know, it's His name on the line, not mine. You know, he says, "His he will bless the work of my hands. You know, the, the verse in Psalm 90, verse 17, his beauty, the beauty of the Lord is upon us. And he will establish the work of our hands. Yes, he will establish the work of our hands for us. It's his beauty that establishes us. Not his ugliness. He doesn't have ugliness. But it's his beauty that establishes the work of our hands. He can't establish the work of your hands if you're not working. Do something. Go somewhere. Go in a direction. You know? Uh, I know there's COVID. I know there's different things. I understand the circumstance. Get a direction from God and go for it. Do it. I know God has not called you or anybody to do nothing. Now, I'm not saying that there's not times where... You know, in Israel, when they were in battle, sometimes God said, stand still, this is, this is my battle. Stand still and see the salvation of God. I understand that part. But just because you're standing still, waiting on God, doesn't mean you're just passively being a couch potato, just waiting for the, the, watching the grass grow. You're busy. You're doing stuff. You're trusting Him. You can't bring the answer. You can't win the battle, but you can do something. You can serve. You can. You can be doing something.
1: You know, uh, during this time when we when we didn't have jobs, you know, Dave and I wanted to tithe, but we had no money. And you know, I, I've heard some people say, "Well, you can always tithe." Well, there's a problem when my wallet is empty. I'm not sure how to tithe on empty wallet, but. We always went to church, even if we had to walk, and we, we tithed with our time. We volunteered any way we could, whether it be uh, cleaning the church, ushering, greeting, you know, wherever the, the pastor needed help. Um, sometimes they had food banks who would help pass out food, um, and we were the ones who needed food, but we wanted to give back to God so we served our local church. You know, pastors, they have a lot of responsibilities on themselves. Uh, they have a lot of people, a lot of sheep coming to them to, to be ministered to. And so sometimes the weight on pastor's shoulders is pretty heavy. So one of the ways that we wanted to do was we were going to encourage any pastor, uh, wherever, whatever church it was, And uh, for the most part, the different churches that we went to, we were able to do that. And this isn't to pat ourselves on the back. It's just to show that there's always something you can do, even if you don't have the means to do it. We also couldn't pay my grandma rent, but we took over chores so she wouldn't have to to clean a lot of the house. Uh, We took over uh totally doing a lot of the yard work. You know, the gardeners would come and do basic, but there's stuff there was stuff in her backyard that hadn't been touched for like 20 years. Um and so we like trimmed bushes, uh we did uh weed pulling, you know, whatever it was to to get her her yard cleaned up. The, just that the heavy work in the in the backyard. You know, we took down an old chicken pen that she used to have chickens in that was no longer used. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that. Um, Dave's good at organizing, so we cleaned out and organized her garage. I mean, we just did what we could to be able to, to give back as well as, obviously, occupying our time on looking for work. And, you know, Dave was right. We, we both, I, I can't even count how many Job applications we filled out over and over and over and over again for anything we could remotely do that was legal I mean you would think that you could easily get a job say at McDonald's or, or Walmart because it seems like those are you know jobs that seem to be you know easy to get hired with but nobody would even look at us uh, or nobody would respond to us so I mean we didn't just do one application wait to see if we heard back we just kept hey here's a application here's an application I mean we just we kept at it because we knew we, we both needed jobs um, but we also knew you know part of the desire uh, for us to move forward was indeed God gave us a, a desire to work because us sitting and twiddling our thumbs, watching grass grow, as, as Dave mentioned, that's not us. That, and that's not from God. You know, he, he does tell us to occupy the time till he comes. He does say, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, there's a lot of verses uh, to go off on. But, but the main thing is, our minds did have to change. We could have very easily got in a funk got depressed and we did have some bad days but those were few and far between because we set our mind on what god wanted from us what does god how does god see the situation this verse that god gave us we are standing on and like dave said god honors his word above his name you
0: know, and I know there's different seasons of life. You know, some people, where well, you're hearing our story, maybe you have a handicap. Maybe you're retired. And then there's different stories. But you can still do something. You can even get start encouraging people on Facebook. You can encourage people on all kinds of social media, on the phone, write people letters. There's things you can do uh, that can actually, you can actually save someone's life by doing some of that stuff. You know, he uh, can actually, there's, there's all kinds of stuff you can do, uh, you know, even, you know, we were always, we're not retired yet, but we've always been, Jerry's worked a lot with caregiving, a lot, a lot with the elderly, and, you know, the, the elderly that kept themselves busy live longer. <laughs> You know, uh, keeping their mind occupied and their muscles and everything else, you know. We actually, we had an old neighbor uh, 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 in assisted living now. We actually just went out the day and took him for a drive just to get out of the the, the, the place. And we just took him for a drive for an hour, you know. He's been, uh, not only did he have to move to assisted living, but when, once he got there, they were in lockdown because of COVID. You know, I don't know about you, but I can handle that very well, uh, being locked down. And so... You know, he, one of his favorite things today, he says, "It's nice seeing seeing the, the, seeing real, the world. real world." You know, so we just took him on a nice little drive with the sunroof open, and you know, and you know, the, breathing that California air, you know, which is not always so good, but we live close to the beach, so it's not too bad, you know. And, and there's things we can do, you know. Uh, uh, we have a car; let's use it for God's glory, you know, we we need it for other things, you know. But there's things you can do. And I like how Sherry bring it back, you know. It all starts with the inside. Think, Start thinking, what can I do? You know? And I'm just taking one aspect of life. There's other things that we can talk about, uh, you know. Uh, but let's, let's, let's see what we can do. Help your neighbors. You know, COVID right now, I know it's a very challenging tight but most people are just sick and t- tired of stuff let's do something let's let's be a a body let's be good neighbors let's do something uh you know uh, I don't know exactly what all your needs are but you know it's just uh uh there's things we can do uh but it starts with right thinking right thinking how do we get right thinking we first of all we get in the word of God and different things i mean uh, these four lepers never knew that we going to be written down in the, in the Bible someday. And we're going to be, you know, their story is still being told to this day. And we're still being, not only did they bless themselves and bless Samaria at in in that time, they're blessing me. They're blessing us. You know, uh, there's, 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 uh, you have a story to be told. And they're blessing somebody. You never know. You can save someone's life by a simple little gesture. I mean, and we're not trying to pat ourselves on the back with this elderly uh, person. I mean, you know, he's in the very situation I know I wouldn't want to be in. And I can't necessarily change all of his circumstances, but I can take him out for a day. You know, I took him out for golfing uh, a, a few weeks ago, whatnot. But there's things that we can do. And so, and so that's what, uh, let's do those things.
1: And, you know, I used to caregive for years and I met some of my clients uh, who really made an impact on me you know uh, as Dave was uh, speaking I, I thought of this one lady she could physically barely make it from her bedroom to the living room physically she just was it was it was hard for her but her testimony that touched me was she was in God's Word Every day. She could not get enough of God's word. And her testimony to me was her parents taught her to love God's word. And she has loved God's word all her life. And passed that on to her kids. So she might physically not be able to get out of the house or do much. But she can be in God's word. She can pray for whoever God puts on her heart. And share his love that way. And you know, you you, you can always... uh, Find something to do.
0: Well, we're almost out of time. We only have about 13 minutes left, so I don't know if we'll get very far. But I think we just finished chapter 1, right? Yes. So we're in chapter 2, meditating God's Word. So let's go ahead and read the introduction to this, the first section. I think that's as far as we'll get today. So.
1: I remember when the Word of God first came alive to me. It was immediately after my life-changing encounter with the Lord on March 23, 1968. The Bible was no longer just a book about what God said. As I read it, I knew the Lord was speaking directly to me. I just fell in love with the Word. When I studied it, the Lord imparted truths to me. I could tell that change was happening in my life. I remember one instance when the Lord spoke to me and gave me a vision of what He wanted to do through me. He had already impacted my life, and I felt called to the ministry. I was in my bedroom at home and still single at the time. I saw in my heart some of the things that God wanted to do in my life. While kneeling down beside my bed and praying with my Bible open in front of me, I was just overwhelmed when I thought about seeing blind eyes opened, deaf ears hearing, people raised from the dead, all kinds of miracles. I knew that God had called me to teach his word and that people's lives would be changed. As an 18 year old young man, I was praying over all these things. Then I remembered having a kind of vision of many different things happening, including me ministering to people on television, just like I do now. I saw these things and I knew they were going to happen. Yet I was an introvert. I couldn't even look at a person in the face and talk to them. How was an introverted hick from Texas ever going to be on radio or television? I surely wouldn't have chosen me for that responsibility.
0: You know, the, the title of chapter 2 is talking about meditating God's Word. And we're just barely tapping into this. We're going to we'll, we'll look at this starting a little bit more next week. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm we'll probably even reread what we just read. But I'm just thinking of the cha- uh, title of the chapter, Meditating God's Word. You know, meditate. You know, we all do it all the time. We might not always meditate on God's Word. But when we worry about stuff, when we mull things over... You know, meditates uh, means some. I think it means some mutter, but it just, uh, you know, I kind of remind, the picture I get in my mind is almost like a, a cow chewing its cud. Over and over and over again. And sometimes we, we worry about things. We have anxiety about things. We, we play the what if game. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if they do this? What if they do that? And are we, are a conversation we had that went well or didn't go well? We might be replaying that conversation or that action or that event over and over again. That's meditating. And we can meditate on God's Word. You know, uh, some we have a lot of, Andrew has a lot of healing journeys uh, 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 on video of people's testimonies. A documentary of their healing journey or, or life journey or whatever the case may be. Almost every single one of those miracles. We have people healed from all kinds of cancer, healings, uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. Anything you name it, they've been healed from it. And all these people, either, like if it was healing, they they got all the verses on healing, and they just read those, studied those, memorized those over and over again. If it was finances, they did the same thing. Whatever the case may be, over and over and over. They got the God's Word in their heart. They meditated. They slept over it. They, I mean, and I'm not talking about osmosis, but they, just, they lived and breathed that. And they saw their miracle. It wasn't... It wasn't the exercise, that, like this was a formula, that what, the, what, what was going on. They were getting God's Word in their hearts. And instead of worrying about the situation and whatnot, they were meditating on God's Word, and that's the effortless change we're talking about. You get the seed of God's Word, and you water that seed, God's Word will begin to change your life. Uh, uh, you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free, but you got to know it. You know the word no uh, the word no in the, in the Greek is the same word for intimacy it's the same word that Mary said <coughs> to the angel Gabriel how can this be since I have not known a man it's the same word it's talking about intimacy you know when you plant a seed in the ground you that seed is becoming intimate with that soil it's being watered so it can just it and grow just like the seed uh, in the uh, in, 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 in the woman's womb. You know, and I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just talking about the birds and the bees here. But just, you know, it's effortless change as we're talking about it. You know, you can't make that seed grow, but you can create the atmosphere for it. We can't make things happen. We can create an atmosphere for God's Word to be sown in our hearts. So as a man thinketh, so is he. That's what we just left in the last chapter. As a man thinketh, so is he. So let's think about God's Word. Let's meditate on God's Word so as we can be thinking it. So as a man thinketh, so is he. And we need to get God's word in our heart. So many of us have other things in our heart, other words, things that we're hearing on social media. There's a lot going on in our news today. I think we need to be up to speed on some things. But if we're listening to the news 24-7, that's not healthy. That's not good. I think we need to know a little bit what's going on. And I'm, I'm I'm a little more in tune now with some newsworthy stuff than I usually am but i can 't sit in front of that stuff all day long. that is not healthy that is not good. I need to be in god 's word all day long I need to be i need to I need my medicine I need to be in god 's word more than that needs to be my dominant thought i 'm not saying that we need to be so absent minded we have no clue what 's going on in our world at the same point in time that 's not going to dominate my thinking I need god 's word to dominate my thinking i know I know some people they get had a medical thing they uh, they 'll read they 'll read up everything about that disease or that symptom or the, <coughs> that injury they'll read every medical book they they know you know i'm not so for that i don't want all that information in, in my system I want god what what does God say about the situation? Uh, you know I want that to be my most dominant thought i'm not saying we have to be totally ignorant and not read some things and have some some uh natural knowledge in that regard, but what are we meditating on? Are we going to meditate everything the doctor said or everything this person said or everything that the news is saying? Or are we going to meditate what God's saying? I'm not saying we can't know some things. If you're working every day, you're going to need to know some things at whatever job you're working. You're going to need, we need to know things to operate in this world. There needs to be communication. Without communication, there is no relationship. But at the same point in time, what's the most dominant thing that we're meditating? What's the most dominant thing that we're mowing over like a cow chewing his cud? Anything you want to share, Sherry?
1: No, but I agree with everything that Dave's saying because I mean, I can point the fingers at me on things uh, in my past that I have just dwelt on and stewed over and let uh, g- get to me. Uh, and then the times when I've been, you know what? But God says this, but God says this, and I have dwelt, I have taken the seed of God's word and planted it in, in my heart and not. Not only not let go of it, but I've watered it and encouraged it and, and gave it the, the nutrients, so to speak, to, to grow with God's help. and my life will never be the same in a good way. Um, and all of the testimonies I've ever heard are people saying, "This is my circumstances, but God says this: God, What God says has more weight and more truth and more right in my life than what my circumstance says. They're they're choosing that God is Lord, what Jesus did on the cross, more than whatever is happening uh, in the world.
0: Well, well, we're out of time today. I'm going to close this out. We'll pick this up more next week. We'll probably reread some things. Well, we just worship you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the seed of your word. And I just bless us as we go. We continue to pray for our nation and we we just seek blessing on everyone who might be listening today uh, to this uh, teaching. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We will see you on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to finish. We still have one more week on the old book, The New You and the Holy Spirit. So we have one more week. And then uh, the following week we're gonna start a new teaching on the believers' authority. So one more week on new you the new you in the Holy Spirit and then the following week we're gonna we're gonna start this one. Okay? So